Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today on the Winning Edge podcast, we're joined by Gold Coast trainer Adam Campton. G'day, Adam. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. Pleasure to chat to you. Um, tell us about how you got into racing, mate. I know you've just taken out your license at the Gold Coast, but how did it all begin for you? Uh, obviously, come from a big family racing background. Dad was a jockey and trainer. Grandfather was a jockey and trainer. Stepbrother was a jockey. Uncle was a trainer and jockey as well. So, um, definitely been in the blood for a number of years. I, um, as I've said a number of times, it actually wasn't something that I was really in love with as a younger person. I think it was just sort of that cheeky bratty sort of kid wanted to do something different to what everyone else was doing and everyone was just talking about racing in my life so I sort of wanted to play football and realised I wasn't much good and I was too small and then I played cricket and realised I was probably too small for that and then yeah I sort of um it wasn't until it's sort of about 10 or 11 it really hit me Corey Brown was obviously an apprentice to my dad and I used to always go to the races with him I was interested but just love I just love Corey as a person so I was always around him and I think he played a big part in just always been around him going to the races and it definitely took over once like I, the bug just got me and I remember walking to school like putting my best bets on my dad's accounts over at the news agencies that's all I wanted to read and like even the form guide in the paper and it definitely hit me when it did and um, obviously my grandfather played a big role in my life and um, yeah, pretty much the rest is history. Ever since I was, you know, 9, 10, 11 years of age, I just I haven't stopped watching horse races. Tell us about your, your grandfather and your, your father. Your grandfather rode the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. That would have been pretty special. Yeah, uh, Pop Les Coles, he was, uh, he's, he's my idol. He's a man that I still look up to so much. He passed away not long ago. He, he's someone who came to live with me later on in life and, you know, I was sort of at that age going out all the time and uh, having fun working at a pub, I was living a good life and um, he taught me a lot of things and it was something I really, really cherish in my life, having him living with me for those number of years and going through that age and just, you know, mentoring, maturing you a lot. Um, he was a special man, he didn't say too much but he was sort of one of those guys when he did say something you'd listen. Uh, he taught me plenty about racing, he taught me to believe in myself and, you know, go and chase something that you want to do. and. Um, he was just an all round good human. Um, you know, my mum and him were very close and um, he just, you know, it was when I sort of wanted an idea of training, he just said, you know, have a crack. You realise if you're no good, you're no good. Give it away. If you're good, keep doing it. So it's something that I've always, probably something I've always, you know, try to back myself and believe in yourself. And um, if you don't do that, I, I personally believe you don't succeed in life. So he played a massive part of that in my life. And my dad was the same. He was a you know, successful jockey, he was an okay trainer, he had some good horses, but he'll tell you he was a good trainer, but he wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he gave it away, uh, ended up starting a landscaping business sort of when I was a bit older and going through school, so um, he, he knew that I was sort of falling in love with racing as well, and he just said, you know, follow your, chase your dream, if it is what you want to do, it's what you want to do, and um, I was lucky, I come from a good family, they were very supportive of everything I did, and they still are to this day, they, you know, Dad speaks to me all the time and pushes me and some of those when it's a bit tough, 
he just says, you know, get on with yep. it and keep going and it'll work out. So I'm lucky I had those two in my life and, um, yeah, that's the reason why I am where I am today. Sounds like you've got bits of advice and support from all angles. Your uncles, Gerald Ryan and cousin Blake's a new trainer as well. Yep. Uh, Uncle Gerald's been a huge help to me. Um, even when I was in Hong Kong, I, I pretty, I, Gerald would be one of the, you know, trainers I speak to the most out of anyone. I ring him and ask questions, stupid questions, any questions. He's just one of those guys that he's a wealth of knowledge and so is Blakey. Blakey and me have been so close for many years. Of course, we're cousins, but we're actually like brothers. We, you know, we don't argue. Um, we both, you know, we back each other and we're happy to see each other succeed. And that's why, like, I speak to him, you know, every couple of days. And I think in training, you need those sort of people around you. And I really do believe, like, Gerald is, you know, he's just a phone call away. Same with Blake. And I'm very lucky also, you know, like, Johnny Wallace has been great to me up here. He's been huge help. Um, I was put on to him through Zach, and he was obviously apprenticed to him. And those old heads are people that I love listening to. I reckon there is a few young trainers out there these days that probably think, you know, we know this and know that. But, you know, they've been for the game for so many years. And I think if you don't listen to those older sort of heads, you won't succeed. Is there one piece of advice which sticks out the most or is it all sort of morphed into one big bit of advice? No, every sort of trainer, you know, older person, wiser head you ask, you know, it's just, it's back yourself. You're going to make mistakes. You make mistakes. You learn from mistakes. And also... Worry about your own horses, don't worry about anyone else. And that's something, you know, racing can be a bit of a gossip lifestyle sometimes. You know, you don't even meet someone and they've already got a bad word about them. I just, you know, I think it's one of those things you just, you worry about your own life and worry about your own backyard. I think you'll succeed in life. And, um, you know, a couple of older trainers up here, I had a chat with them the other day and they just said, you know, don't worry about it, just keep kicking on. And um, when people are talking about it, it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You've been in the job for a couple of months now. How are you finding it, mate? Is it enjoyable, challenging? All of the above. Um, definitely challenging. Yeah. But I absolutely love it. Um, I love getting up early now. And like, I was never really an early riser, but now I just, you know, I'm excited to get up. Um, I'm very, very lucky. Taylor, my partner, is a massive help. I wouldn't, I'll happily say, I wouldn't be here where I am without her. Um, she gets up every morning. She's straight out there. She feeds them. She's, she's a rock to me, and that's a massive part of our business, and that's what keeps me going as well. Um, you need that team. Um, lucky I've got Troy and Renita as well who have come back from Hong Kong. They've been a massive help to us. And, we work together. Um, there's obviously challenging times, you know, there's, there's times where I have a, I think I want to do something and then they want to do something. So just don't argue and take each other's advice and try and pick which one's the best thing, but we're all still learning. And, um, I think in this game, you never stop learning. It's, it is, it's a tough game. It's a tough industry, but, uh, I'm very happy with where we're at at the moment. Our horses are, you know, going well and we haven't had a runner yet, but, they're healthy, they're happy, uh, it's a good environment where we are, and um, yeah, things are ticking along well at the moment. Is that the hardest part of being a young trainer, the business side of it? Definitely. Um, for sure. Uh, it's it, A lot of people do say these days, a lot of the old trainers, it's not about being a horseman anymore, it's, it's, it's a business, and I totally understand that, but you know, you've also got to know your horses and that's sort of where I feel like we can offer something different. Um, my partner, Taylor, she does all the accounts, she does everything. Um, she's really good at that and I let her just do that. Um, I worry about what I need to do and that's talk to owners, keep them updated, speak to owners overseas, you know, worry about the horses, make sure they're fine, talk with all the vets and get those sort of things sorted. And then you've got Troy and Reed who also do so much for us as well through all different aspects. It's 
it is a business and um, you know some people say to me do you want to do you want to have you know make checkbooks or do you want to be in the record books it's, it's one of those things and you want to be both you want to make money and um, I, I went through obviously my dad sometimes struggling really hard as a trainer and I don't want that I know I, I'll be open about it I want to um, I want to work hard and I want my business to succeed. I want to set my kids up later on in life. And um, that's sort of, sometimes training can be really, really tough. You know, some people just don't pay their bills and it is hard. So um, you just got to get through that. Um, fast horses obviously pay the bills and do that, but there's other get ways help. in the business that you got to make sure that things are ticking over. And, you know, as I've said, without Taylor, I um, my business side of it wouldn't be running as smoothly. Yep. You've had a bit of experience across some broad subsectors in the industry, like you've worked for a bookie, you've worked in Hong Kong. Does that hold you in good stead to be a trainer? I definitely think it, it does. It offers a lot of different aspects of the business. And I've had a few new owners actually, like that, you know, I never met them and they just rang up and said, you know, your story seems pretty interesting. And um, I always, always loved the form. I thought I knew the form before I went and worked for a book and I got taught so much from Mark Morrissey. Colin Tidy was sort of stepping out of the business uh, when I first sort of started and, you know, had a tiny little bit to do with him, but Mark taught me a lot. Phil Moyes was a great boss who taught me a lot as well. So um, it just taught me to, you know, use your head a bit more, um, you know, you know, what are the, why do these smart punters see this? Why, why do these trainers put these horses in? these kind of races and it, I believe, you know, you've got to place your horses right. You've got to try and get as much wins out of them as possible. That's, you know, you can keep your owners happy. They're paying the bills. So um, it taught me a lot being a bookmaker and it also made me respect a lot of things in life. Um, and then moving to Hong Kong was probably the best thing I've done in my life. It was a massive step for us, Taylor and I, were fresh in our relationship. And I was still definitely wet between the ears and thought I'd go over there and just, you know, do it easy, but it, it's tough. It's a tough environment and without, you know, close friends over there, it's a tough place. You're away from your family, especially with COVID. It was, you know, good in South End for a couple of years. So you need the people around you. And the Jockey Club were really good to me. And I, I learned so much, of course, like watching trainers like John Size and Casper Founds, Francis Loy, those sort of blokes there, Tony Cruz, they're, they're incredible trainers, they're incredible horsemen. And I think I will adapt, uh, adopt a lot of their training ways because i did learn a lot from them um but you know then i've got to come back to australia and change a lot of things as well because it's a different environment but um hong kong will always hold a very special place in my heart um i've been very open about it. i want to come home i want to succeed and i'd love to get back there one day and uh hopefully train a few winners over there it'd be you know it'd mean a lot to me but um yeah i couldn't be uh, more grateful the opportunity i was given from bet choice slash unibet and the jockey club what's the main thing which people in Australia don't really understand is so different in Hong Kong? Um, a lot of it's ratings, a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it's ratings. Um, it's a very, very tough environment for humans and horses. Um, especially on the horses, it's tough, it's hot there, mate. You know, you gotta remember they don't have paddocks. Like, like obviously Chung Fa's been, been built recently, um, which has helped a lot. Um, but you know, these horses are going all year round, they get put in a box and you know, sort of that's their spelling. So it's, it is very tough and they just continue to go around. So a lot of these trainers are, you know, they're dealing with horses that have a, you know, a few issues and they've got to keep them ticking over. So, you know, it makes them good trainers. You've got to learn how to, you know, sort of keep them going as, as much as possible. Um, it's, it's a glitz and glamour lifestyle that people see, of course, from over here, but they're hardworking people, um, the local people, you know, they're, they're, they're tough people and they're good people and they, 
they work bloody hard to get to where they want to be and um, it's a massive organisation, the Jockey Club, it's it's absolutely enormous and um, they do a good job, they look after their owners and they've got incredible racing, they've got incredible staff and you know they've got some of the best jockeys and trainers in the world so it definitely does help. What's the best horse you've seen over there? Golden 60 and Ethero, I, I, I've been pretty open on how much I loved Ethero, he was just a horse that I remember seeing at the trials and I was like holy hell what is this horse and uh, it was a tragedy what happened to him because I honestly believe he could have he could have been a horse that would blow him away in, in like a Everest now these days and he just had such a beautiful stride and aura about him, walked past his big strong chestnut looking horse and um, of course seeing Beauty Generation he was a freak as well on his day just the way he went forward and he broke their hearts but I just you know I, this golden six I honestly believe he is he is sensational his turn of foot is like no other, I don't think I've, like, of course, Winx is probably my favourite horse I've ever seen, but I've never seen a horse have this electric turn of foot that he has. He sort of, he can go from zero to 100 in, like, click of a finger. So um, I was just actually do, talking with Vinnie Ho, his pilot, and he reckons he's he's got better. So uh, Francis obviously deserves a massive pat on the back for the way he's looked after this horse. Vinnie just rides him with so much confidence. Sometimes you think, what the hell are you doing? But he just knows what's underneath him, and... Um, he's got that mongle about him. He's a, he knows he's a good horse. Yep. So anything in your barn which is uh, heading towards that trajectory of talent, or got a couple of two-year-olds? Hopefully they're half as good as him. Uh, <laughs> no, we've got a couple of nice horses. We jumped out a couple the other day, and we're really happy with where they're at. And with our first starter, that um, you know, I sort of wanted to have a first starter a bit earlier than this, but I sort of you know, a few people spoke to me and said, you know, it's. It's not a you know big thing. You just make sure your horse gets their sound fit and ready to go. And I probably had to think, think about it and thought, you know, there's no point getting a horse rock hard fit just because to get your name out there and make yourself look better. Just as long as the horse gets back, runs on nicely, or you know goes forward and sticks on well and runs a good race. So um, you got a nice young horse going uh, going to the race in a couple of weeks. You'll have a trial Monday week, and um, I, I think where he's at at the moment, both our riders who ride him each morning say he's going really well and happy with where he's at. So um, hopefully he can run an encouraging race on debut for us. Uh, what's his name? His name's Lord Markle. He comes from Melbourne. Um, Kevin, who's a, his owner, and a couple of the other lads, they've been really good to me. They supported me and um, gave me a chance with a couple of horses, and I'm really, really grateful. And I think uh, Lordy, who's a, he's got a, he's got a few quirks. Uh, he can be happy sometimes, he can be grumpy the next day, but he's a lovely horse and I think he's enjoying the Gold Coast lifestyle. Have you bought a mix of um, young horses and tried horses? Yep, I have bought uh, a couple of recent tried horses recently, uh, a couple online, been given a few, uh, and also bought a few young horses um, when I sort of knew I was going to come back home and start training. Um, you know, they're all different shapes and sizes, they've all got the different quirks, we've been very lucky actually, you know, we've got a couple of colts that are, can be dickheads at times, but um, we're very lucky, the horses seem pretty happy with where they're at and they're pretty, pretty um, good to handle and stuff at the moment, uh, they're working well at the track, um, they're sound and happy, which is the main thing in our business, if the horses are happy and sound, we're, we're happy, so they're doing well, we've got a nice speed colt coming through, you know, a better than ready colt, um, We've got a Sabu colt, we've got a mixture of, you know, here, there and everything. We've got a nice Mickey Isle colt coming through as well. So they come in all different shapes and sizes and all different breeding. So, um, no, I'm happy with where everything's at. Did you look for a particular type of horse at the sales or? Sometimes. Um, I just sort of, 
I always, even doing the form and everything, I've always just been someone that trusts my own eye and my partner Taylor as well. She's come from a racing background, equestrian background, so she's got a good eye as well and she sees things that I don't see or I see things that she don't see. So I think it's a good mix. We go through the catalogues and, you know, something sticks out. We don't normally necessarily just want to go for young horses that are going to get up and run. We're happy to take time and it's probably something I want to be, as a trainer, you know, I don't want to ever push my horse. I want to take my time and get their peak out of them. It's something my pop always used to say is, you know, you'll be good to the horse, he'll be good to you and look after you in the long run. So uh, if they're going to take time, you know, some of those older, you know, more seasoned, like sort of size that are going to take a bit more time, we're happy with them. But if we're going to, you know, get some nice young two-year-olds, we're also going to get them up early. So um, got a, nice, a couple of Hong Kong horses which are old and can be a bit cranky, but they're enjoying it being back here too. It gives them that new lease of life. So we're definitely learning plenty about each horse, but um, no, to answer your question, no, we just sort of buy what we think we can afford and uh, what our owners want to afford, and then at the end of the day, if the owner wants to buy it, then you just go with them. How many have you got in the barn? There's 13 in work at the moment, um, and we've got about 13, 14 sitting out at the farm, and I've just got another couple uh, given to me over the last couple of days from a couple of owners back from Hong Kong. So. Uh, we've definitely got enough on our hands at the moment. The four of us are working pretty hard. We've just got another young lad who we just hired as yep. well. He's heaping out with the boxes. He's a good young fella. Um, so uh, everyone's working hard. And, um, yeah, if you're not working hard in this business, I, I don't think you'll be getting anywhere. Is it hard to find staff in this industry? I know there's always talk of skills shortages, but um, is it the same on the Gold Coast? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, it's probably something I underestimated. Coming back home, I'm very lucky and grateful that I do have people like Troy and Renita who, you know, have a good head on their shoulders. They're you know, very professional. They've been around the game for a long time. So they're here every day and um, they're a massive help to our business. And that's what you need is good staff. And I have spoken to a few trainers around here and they do say that the staff can be a big issue. So um, I haven't had that issue yet. Um, we're very happy with who we've got and also the young fellow we've got recently. Um, Know, everyone chips their weight, and I also think you know you just got to look after them, and hopefully they'll look after you. So, do you get up at three AM starts, or do you sort of uh, try and make it a bit later? No, uh, not at the moment. We're only getting up about quarter, four, quarter past four. We don't really yep. need to get up that early yet. Um, obviously, when the team gets a bit bigger, we will be. But um, yeah, the early rises. Um, sort of last night I was watching the Hong Kong races and doing a bit for over there, so. <laughs> Uh, this morning was a bit tough to get up. Yep. So what's the plans for the stable? Are you trying to you know, slow build up or you got a number you're, you're aiming for or? Um, not really want not, not really a number on it at the moment. We've got boxes here and in time we will fill them. Um, I had a good chat with Nick Ryan when I first started training and a few other trainers and they just said, you know, take it easy at the start, keep it simple um, and you'll build your way up from there. But I sort of don't want to be known as a trainer that, you know, has such a big number and you can't really keep like a, a hold on everything. You you want to sort of see everything and see what's going on. And that's, you know, it's, it'd be so tough having so many horses. And that's where I think Chris Wall is an absolute freak at what he does because every horse, he just knows everything about him and he has great staff behind him. And, um, people will say, you know, you want to be the biggest or you want to be the best. Of course, you want to be the best. So uh, I think with a smaller number, you can do that and you can... Um, you can definitely keep a hold on what you can control and um, I'm happy with the number we've sort of got at the moment but we're definitely looking to build and we will do that with when we think is the right time. 
And there's big plans for development at the track there on the Gold Coast. Was that one of the main draw cards for, for moving to that location? Or Definitely right. I'm a Sydney boy. Um, always wanted to train in Sydney. Um, maybe Melbourne or something like that. We had our sights set on. But um, had a few meetings here, there and everywhere. And um, sort of our clients who were sort of going to back us from overseas said, why don't you try, Hong, um, try Gold Coast? You know, like obviously Aquas Park. You know, it's getting bigger and they're looking to expand. So we sort of, you know, had a chat with the club and they were really, really good to me. Um, good to Taylor as well. Um, they backed us and said, you know, if you come back here, we'll, we'll we'll let you have a crack. And we have, and they've, you know, you ring them up, they're really good to deal with. Or if you've got a suggestion, they're happy to listen to. And of course, they've got a lot of money coming in now and they can, um, you know, change a few things that do need to be changed. It's like anywhere in the world, there's things that always been changed. And if you don't change, you don't, adapt to the new time so i think the guys here at the club are doing a great job and they're trying all new things and um i definitely think it's a club on the way up so what are the plans for the track and the the club i know they talk about uh night racing in a couple of years is that the biggest change you think or yeah definitely it's um yeah of course you know you want to um those all those things there's probably a few other things you've got to get sorted first the tracks and um, the track does a tremendous job. They race here every week, and that track just keeps copping it. They, it, it really is a good track, and got to fix up the other a few other things like training tracks. And, you know, it is a bit aged around here, so there's a lot of things to do, and they're doing a good job to accommodate everyone. Um, then you have got the night racing, which is I think is going to be incredible. It'll attract so many people. This, you know, the Gold Coast is like it's um, it's pretty easy to sell itself. So I think here on a Friday night, a Thursday night, Saturday night, whenever they decide they're going to do these racing, I think it's It'll attract a massive crowd and it'll be like a mini Hong Kong Happy Valley, in, in my opinion. It's got the buildings around it, uh, it's you know good weather, it's good lifestyle and I think a lot of people will just come to the races so I think it'd be huge for this club and you know they're looking to build more and uh, there's you know places going up here, there and everywhere so it's, it's definitely going to be a place that you want to be out in a few years time. Definitely mate and uh, Magic Million's not far away, you won't have a horse ready for that I'm assuming or? No, unless someone gives me one over the next couple of weeks. But no, we um, we had a couple of two-year-olds that uh, obviously nominated for it. And um, one of them who definitely has shown us ability, I just thought he probably needs a bit more time. So I didn't want to push him. So hopefully we can get him to the three-year-old the year after. And um, no, but it will definitely be there. Uh, we'll be trying to buy some horses at the sales. And um, it's such an awesome time of the year up here. It's going to be busy. And... Um, yeah, I can just, there'll be a few beers sunk over that week with a few new new owners and new people coming from here, there and everywhere. And I think it's going to be a busy week as people just, you know, haven't been able to travel. So I'm assuming there's yeah, going to definitely. be a heap of people coming up. Yep, definitely. All right, mate. Awesome. Well, thanks for the chat and best of luck with your runners coming up. Is uh, Lord Michael going to be your first runner, do you think? or We think so, yes. Yeah, and then we'll have, you know, two or three pretty much straight away after that. So we're going to keep ourselves busy over the... Christmas and New Year time, but I appreciate your time, mate, and I'm happy to chat any time. Sounds good, mate. Hopefully you get that winner on the board nice and early. Thanks very much, buddy. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options. 
make your choice and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.